again, everybody. It's time for the Mainland Podcast, episode 146. And uh, we are the show that covers all things Orlando City, Orlando Pride, and Orlando City B of the USL League One, newly named USL League One. Anyway, I'm Michael Citro. I am the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com. Joining me, as always, from Tallahassee, Florida, David Rowe. Dave, how are you this week? Survived the hurricane. (laughs) Did survive the hurricane. Actually, uh, very, very fortunate. Uh, I live on the east side of town, um, the west side of town, a mere 20 miles or so. Definitely got it worse than I did. Um, And, of course, a lot of other places west of Tallahassee got it way, way worse. So um, really uh, feel for all them. But, as I said, fortunate, uh, um, you know, no damage, no no, nothing here at the uh, Casa de Ro, so um, everything's everything's good for us. Thank you for asking. Cool. Glad you didn't blow away in the wind. Um, those are always fun to sit through, yeah. and by fun I mean nerve wracking. But glad you're glad you're uh, you and yours are okay. Let us get on with this week's podcast. I don't anticipate going over a lot with Orlando City at the New England Revolution. Uh, so a, what you're saying is we're going to talk about we just talked about one disaster and now we're going to talk about another. Yep, it's t- it was two nil to the Revs, uh, scoreless first half. Uh, Adam Grinwis returns from his infection, gets a start, uh, played well again uh, for the Lions in the loss. Um, not much he could do with either goal, um, but just a, a game where no Dom Dwyer, no Yoshimar Yotun. No Yuri Rossell, no Mohamed Omunir, no problem from New England. Yeah, uh, definitely it, not. <laughs> Orlando came out with a bit of a different shape, different look. Um, whether you call it a three-five-two, whether you call it a three-four-three, whether you call it a five-three-two, whatever the hell it was, it didn't really work. New England had tons of the ball, tons of possession. Um, quite a few scoring chances. I thought Orlando defended well for the most part, but it was always a matter of is Orlando going to be able to hit on the counter with so many weapons missing and, um, you know, when they hadn't been able to score uh, with their weapons. So you take the weapons away from a, a team that can't score in four games, and it turns out you can't score then either. Yeah, and uh, you keep using the word weapons, plural. I'm, I'm not sure if that's what you're meaning to do. Um, <laughs> well, you know. I do mean it because <laughs> I, I believe that Dom Dwyer and Yoshimar Yotun at least are okay. multiple weapons. Okay, I'll, I'll give it to you. So there's there's two. We so do yes. know uh, that this team is woefully shy of, of forwards, woefully shy of attacking midfielders, and it is what it is. This team's probably not scoring another goal this year unless it's an accident. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do own goals from the other team count for us? They do count on the scoreboard, yes. So there's a chance right there. Um, yeah, it's we both uh, predicted uh, no score uh, in this one. We were right. Um, I think I there did was... predict a, a one oh, on our side. Right. I think I, I think did. I just lost my head for a moment and thought the law of averages says at some point they're going to get on, a penalty or. I thought they'd get a penalty or maybe put in an own goal or something weird might happen, but uh, no, that was not the case. Yeah, let me, let me double check it. You're right. You're right. You did predict. Uh, you did predict a goal for the Lions. I'm not sure why you did that. Um, uh, just to be yeah, different. But, uh, you were probably distracted with the whole, uh, you know, selling your house thing. Uh, I ooh, 
I was right this time. Or no, I was not. I said three. You said three. I said no. three. Yeah, I, I said three. You, no, you said two one. Yeah, darn it. They split the difference on right. us and made it two nil. Yeah. Well, between the two of us, we were right. <sighs> That's not how it works. That's not how <sighs> any of this works. But well, I'll tell you what's not working. Orlando City's offense. Well, you know, I don't even really want to talk about this game because what are you going to say? I mean, New England was all over the Lions, and it was just a matter of whether they could spring Josue Coleman on a, on a counterattack or maybe Chris Mueller. Um, but no, it turns out they cannot. And um, so it's just a matter of time. Richie Larea got a rare start. He kind of was <laughs> mostly invisible. Uh, to my mind, and when he wasn't invisible, he was doing things like giving up free kicks just above the area or um, failing miserably at a clearance that ends up coming right back into your box two seconds later. Um, you know, just not a great night, but you're not expecting that from somebody who hasn't played in forever. And I didn't really expect a whole lot when I saw the team sheet, and um, it's a, I got exactly what I expected. That's true. Um Anybody who was going into this one predicting the win was um, whatever you're taking. Can you send some up to me and or you're just crazy. Um, so, like you said, it's exactly what we've been having for way too long now. Um, we would be essentially we, we you could go back and take what we said about last week and pretty much plug it in and it would be the same. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, New England actually played better against uh, Orlando City than FC Dallas did. Uh, but uh, at the same time, a 2-0 loss is a 2-0 loss, and at least it wasn't an embarrassment. I, I kind of, when I saw the team sheet, I thought it would get worse, and it could have been worse. The shots were lopsided, possession was lopsided, passing was lopsided. Uh, Orlando City wasn't very good in this game. Um, certainly no possession, no buildup, really. Uh, just a couple of scoring chances. Um, not really great chances, a couple of half chances. Um, and when you look at, uh, you know, the final score, you have to feel kind of fortunate to get out of there with only a two-goal loss. Tying the MLS record for goals conceded in a season at 70 now, Dave. 70 goals shipped. And... Although I will say, I, I thought that the that the back line played pretty well overall. I thought that Sané had a pretty good game. I thought O'Neal had a good game. Um, R.J. Allen R. R. J. played Allen, pretty yeah. well. Sutter played pretty well, although neither fullback was really involved in the offense because there was no offense. Um, other than that, I, I thought that they I thought they defended well. And that was pretty much it. I, I think Adam Grin was played uh, about as well as you can expect him to play in that situation. Dave, wh who's your man of the match? Uh, it is one Adam Grin with, uh, because he, he did play as good as you can. And, and he had, he had opportunity to prove to us that he was going to be a man of the match. Um, you know, several saves, um, including some that kept that score much closer than, like you said, it probably should have been, mm -hmm. um, you know, glad to see him back and glad he's playing. I mean, actually he's played pretty well in the games that he's gotten in. So, which is, that's really nice to see. Um, it, I don't know what it bodes for next season, but uh, regardless uh, of of the quality that was on the uh, the pitch that night, uh, Adam was certainly the best for the Lions. I agree. Uh, I did the grades this week, and I thought Adam played uh, better than anyone else, uh, at least in terms of 
he kept it as a respectable game. I think he did more to keep the, the team in the game than anyone else did. So I, I give him my man of the match as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if he starts the rest of the games this year, quite honestly. There's only a few left. There's uh, still a trip to the New York Red Bulls at the end of the season for the finale. And in between then, a Wednesday night tilt at home against the Seattle Sounders, who are playing extremely well. So that's probably going to be uh, a a butt kicking and uh, then the Columbus crew coming to town on Sunday. So, you know, three games in a week. I think that's probably, it's fine. It's this, you know, <laughs> just like the meme. It's, this is fine. Um, yeah. Sitting in a room full of fire. Um, I, you know, I look at it this way. Okay. Yeah. It's three matches in a week, but you know what? It's that much sooner that it gets done. Yeah, uh, Dom should return for Wednesday. There will be no Yoshi, uh, who will play Tuesday night against the U.S. men's national team. That's why we're recording this early and why it's going to drop on Tuesday this week rather than Wednesday. Um, Plus the fact that you guys will get sick of seeing my byline on Wednesday because I already have a U.S. women's national team preview, an Orlando City preview, and I'm probably doing Lion Links Wednesday. So uh, I didn't want to do four bylines in a day, plus the uh, whatever I do after the game, either recap or grades, would be a fifth byline. So I'm, we moved up the, uh, the recording of the podcast to get that out. A little early. Otherwise, uh, it would be just a ridiculous amount of Michael Citro in one day for the website. Well, let's make it a little less. I, I'll take links. So <laughs> I'm off. I'm off that day. I'll do links. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's yeah. a big help. Big help because, uh, yeah, it's it, it's a hectic week. Um, once we get through this week and the men's friendlies are over and the CONCACAF Women's Championship is over, things are going to. You know, and obviously there's two games this week for Orlando City, but after this week, after Sunday's game, just one more game left, and that's at Red Bulls, and then the merciful, sweet merciful death of the off season <laughs> is upon us, and in th- like in like three weeks of that a game, we'll be like, oh, this off season sucks. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be begging for news of who's staying, who's going, what's going on. Yeah, we will conveniently forget how bad this uh, soccer season has gone, and and it. I will. I would love to have the time to go back and insert some clips from the preseason when we had so much hope and so much excitement for the the um, the signings that Orlando City had in the offseason and how much optimism there was and and having Paul Tenorio on the show saying that this team would likely be in the playoffs and um, you know based on on the signings and uh, oh, my oh the, the the heady days before the season started <laughs> yeah so um, one other note from this game which you really don't want to talk about but 24th different back line in one season. That's got to be a record. It's got to be. And it's not a record you want any more than you want most goals conceded or worst goal differential. And uh, Orlando We're going to get those. Could, could, could end up with both of those as well. All right. Let's turn our attention to the Orlando Pride, uh, Dave. Today, as we record this on Monday, the 15th, um, we found out what Sidney LaRue's illness was uh, that kept her out late in the season for a few matches. And uh, it, it's very sad news, actually, that, uh, you know, we had surmised privately. I didn't put anything out into the universe uh, publicly. I don't think that 
you know, maybe Sydney was pregnant and that was the reason that she wasn't, um, wasn't playing. Um, it turns out that she was, but she, uh, she lost the baby and she tweeted out today a very, uh, a very poignant, very, um, heartfelt, uh, yeah. tweet today about how devastating that was. And, uh, you know, it, it, you know, obviously that's something that affects not, not just physically, but mentally, just an exceedingly painful process. Um, I, I, my heart goes out to Dom and Sid for this, obviously, because I know what that's like. My wife and I uh, went through it three times. Um, in fact, uh, we eventually had uh, a beautiful baby girl in 2008 and, um, she was supposed to be twins, um, as it turns out, but we had lost two prior, uh, prior to that pregnancy. And then, uh, we thought we had lost the third and it turned out we still had a, a child, but it was, um, you it's... know, the same thing happened. So we, you know, the evidence points to, to the possibly being a twin situation that, uh, that went, uh, South. So it, it is painful. You, you do, um, you go through a lot of emotions and, um, you know, the, the elation of, of knowing that you're, you're going to have a child and then that gets taken away. And, and the woman, and I, I can speak, you know, from firsthand experience, the woman blames herself when that happens. It's, it's, um, it's devastating mentally. It's, uh, you know, I, I remember, uh, trying to pick up the pieces of my wife several times and, uh, it was, it's not something I would wish on anybody. It happens all too often. I think one in four mm-hmm. pregnancies terminate prematurely. And, you know, it, we, we, we can't express enough how, how much our sympathies lie with, uh, Dom and Sid. Absolutely. I, I unfortunately I had to, that same experience many, many, many years ago, um, uh, with my ex-wife when, when, um, early, you know, fairly early on in the pregnancy, but we also, you know, lost the pregnancy and it, you're right. It's in you're you're grieving. Your grief is no less than any other loss. Um, it, it feels, it feels the same and it hits you just as hard um, to give people an idea. Um, when I found out, uh, you know, obviously I live in Tallahassee. My dad lives in Lakeland, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I called him and he was at my house in four hours because he knew that, you know, I needed support. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's that, it, it's, it's that big of a thing. And so for, uh, I'm, and I'm sure it did for you. I mean, you know, reading that tweet from Sid today, you know, brings brings that up back up on a personal level for mm-hmm. you. And it's um, it's uh, like like you said, I, I completely feel uh, for that family um, and and the loss. And um, I I know that they'll get through it. I know that they're I mean they're incredibly strong, um, positive people, and I, yeah, I'm sure that you know they will they will be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's not something that ever leaves you, but, right. um, it's, you know, but all, all we can do right now is just, you know, keep them in your thoughts. Yeah. So, um, you know, incredibly brave to, to come out the way she did with the, the, the whole story. And, um, 
you know, she expressed that she, you know, when she was quote unquote sick, she was going through a lot, uh, you know, not only physically, but she, she felt she couldn't talk about it. Um, you know, like I said, the, the woman often blames herself that this is, this is what I'm put on the earth to do. And it's something that I failed to do. And it, it, it is, it's, it's, it's so, it's so devastating just to be the, the man in their, in their lives and, and watch them and try to support them through that. Uh, so it was, you know, it's difficult, but I'm glad that Sid and Dom have a good support system of family and friends and teammates, uh, and people like Tom Sermani, I'm sure was, was probably wonderful, uh, to, to them as well. So, um, and again, uh, not to belabor it, but that's, uh, you know, that, that's a pretty big story. That's why Sid was out. Um, and, you know, it's uh, it's something that that people need to uh, be aware of. Um, October is uh, apparently Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. I didn't know that until, you know, we we hear all about the the breast cancer awareness, uh, mm-hmm. but this is a this is a situation that, uh, yeah, it's um, it, it doesn't get talked about nearly as much, and and for it to happen one in every four is uh, just an incredible statistic that uh is awful and and again um our thoughts uh are with you uh dom and sid and um you know uh thank you for your bravery and in, in coming forward and telling your story sydney and uh we are uh, out here we've gone through it too we know yeah. what you're dealing with and we uh you know we support you you are you are awesome and um i'm sure you will you'll bounce back and have uh more healthy siblings for young Cassius. Absolutely. And, and just think, uh, <clears throat> you know, when that, when that does happen, you know, Cassius, Cassius will be, you know, that much bigger of a big brother, uh, and, and maybe even, uh, better to, to help out. Um, you know, once that all comes through, I, I, a quick aside, my, uh, oldest was three when my youngest and this happened after, uh, but when he was born, we actually had to bribe him um, with a bag of candy that we told him was from his <laughs> younger brother so that uh, he would be cool with, you know, now having to share a mom and dad. So, uh, you know, candy, candy works. Yeah. We're, 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 I mean, if it wasn't for uh, Kaylee, um, you know, my daughter, we that was going to be our last try um, after after losing a couple. So, um, you know, thank God that uh, we stuck with it. And, um, you know, we finally had a, a healthy baby, uh, to show for all the pain and, and suffering that we went through, but, um, uh, not a, a, really a topic that we, um, often discuss obviously, and, uh, obviously a very heavy and very serious conversation. Let's turn our attention, Dave, to a little bit lighter and more frivolous affairs. The MLS combine is going to return to Orlando. Uh, good news. Of course, it's good news. Um, as I've said many times, uh, anything soccer-related that happens uh, in Orlando is good for Orlando. It's good for the uh, organization. It's good for the fans, um, I, and I think it's good for soccer, given you know, given the quality of the stadium and and honestly, the quality of the fans. Um, you know, looking back, uh, it, we're we're kind of just past a year on the whole U.S. men's national team not making the. Uh, World Cup uh, against Trinidad and Tobago, but uh, just a mere few days before that, um, they blanked Panama 4-0 in Orlando, and it was magnificent. You know, uh, Christian Pulisic actually, you know, 
penned a uh, when he penned his article about the whole not making a thing. One of the things he mentioned was how great the fans were in Orlando. So I think um, I think there's a reason why they continue to do it. I think obviously you know we had it last year and and they uh, they obviously did a, a good job with it and and that you know if you do that you get the rewards from it. So I, I, I think it's absolutely a good thing. Right. I was there. Uh, I got, uh, I attended a couple of days of the combine and it was, it was a good event. And, uh, it, you know, the good news, obviously the club doesn't have to send anybody, uh, spend any money to send, uh, you know, the coaching staff and, and general manager to the combine, wherever it is. They don't have to get hotel mm-hmm. rooms. They don't have to fly anywhere. So uh, a little bit of savings there for the front office. Uh, maybe they can start building that training facility in Lake Nona, maybe. They can at least buy some uh, some equipment for it. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a good event. And, and, and Christian Pulisic is right. We were awesome in that game us us u.s fans i was at the game as a fan and it was pretty darn loud it was nice it was a it was a rocking type atmosphere and um you know uh, the the right team won so i thought it everything looked really good after that game until the team uh took the pitch in trinidad so yeah bruce arena even said that he wanted to play all, every game there we will move on before we get sad about the u.s men's national team <clears throat> not making the last world cup, but yeah, the, uh, so yeah, that'll be in January in, uh, Orlando. The combine will be, uh, of course, uh, the draft will be in Chicago at the McCormick place convention center. Uh, FC Cincinnati will have the first overall selection in the 2019 MLS super draft. So uh, now we know where the, the, the combine will be back here. We know where the draft will be. And, uh, you know, FC Cincinnati's got the first pick. And Orlando City will either have, what, the second or third pick? Uh, yeah, it can't be that much <laughs> further down. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to visit the Combine and to get to meet some of these kids uh, like Chris Mueller last year and um, see uh, who it is that uh, catches the coach's eyes and, and the GM's eyes. And uh, uh, good, uh, good on Orlando for getting yet another uh, event here. Soccer capital of the South. Like it or not, Atlanta, deal with it. U.S. men and women, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, the men went down fighting to Columbia. They uh, they were trailing 1-0, um, but took and actually took a second-half lead, which I did not expect. It came out of nowhere, yeah. uh, 2-1, and uh, then unfortunately gave a goal right back uh, three minutes after taking the lead, so it was 2-2. And then uh, just Columbia, it was just too much. It was just uh, overpowering. Uh, too many pieces missing for the U.S. Um, I didn't think it was a particularly great game uh, for Matt Miazga. Um, I didn't think that uh, that Michael Bradley played very well in that game. Um, I was uh, I was a little impressed with uh, Timothy Weah at times and. Uh, Kellen Acosta looks like he's playing his way back into the conversation. Uh, he had a pretty pretty decent outing. Bobby Wood doing Bobby Wood things every now and then is, is nice to see. Uh, they will play Peru on Tuesday night, and we'll have a recap and, and a preview of that. And the U.S. women, Dave, have qualified for the 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup. You got to give it to the women. Just making everything better <laughs> the u.s women's national team 
makes everything better. No matter how bad you feel about Orlando's season, as we mentioned, no matter how bad you feel about the men missing the World Cup, the women, the number one team in the world, uh, frankly, we probably would have done better against Trinidad and Tobago last year if they had taken the field. Uh, they absolutely steamrolled uh, the opponents in CONCACAF. Of course, they still have to play Canada, which will be their toughest test. But regardless, they did. They they actually did what they should have done. Not what you expected them. You expected them to win, but they absolutely rolled everybody. And it was so much fun to watch. And and if you're a, a, a fan of soccer, you have to be. And if you're a U.S. fan, you have to be excited about uh, the upcoming game against Canada and then the World Cup next year, knowing the U.S. is going. Absolutely. No, uh, no stumble at all. This has been a really impressive run by the U.S. women's national team. They, we, I haven't seen this team with this kind of hunger in quite some time. They look like a team that's playing pissed off, playing hungry. Uh, they're looking for goals constantly. They're pressuring high. They, granted, CONCACAF doesn't offer a lot of great competition, so you expect them to win and win handily, uh, even when teams uh, play, you know, the you know park the bus and, and play the low block defense. But the U.S. has uh, steamrolled the competition to the tune of 24-0 in the four wins. Uh, they will play Canada on Wednesday night in the CONCACAF Championship. Both of those teams are through. So congratulations to Orlando Pride players Alex Morgan, Ashlyn Harris, and Shalina Zadorsky. Absolutely. The latter with uh, with Canada, of course. Uh, Jamaica will play Panama for the right to uh, to get the third automatic bid from CONCACAF. And the loser of that third-place match will have to play in uh, against Argentina, I believe, in a home-and-home so uh, that's something the U.S. had to do against Italy. You, you'll recall a few years back, they had mm-hmm. to do the, go to the play in uh, round their one stumble in CONCACAF uh, qualifying. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, um, so Wednesday night showdown is going to be big. Uh, Canada themselves have uh, also steamrolled the competition to the tune of 24 to 1. So very similar, although mm-hmm. 12 of their goals came against uh, a ridiculously poor Cuba side. And a, a Cuba side that everybody feels bad for because everyone yeah. everyone was killing Cuba. Um, <clears throat> I think even Jamaica beat them like eight or nine to nothing. So uh, it was it was not a good team. But uh, yeah, Canada has uh, struggled in a couple of these games. They ended up winning their semifinal against Panama seven nil, but it took them a while to get going in that game. And and Panama rested a lot of their starters for the third place game, believe it or not. It, it was not a case of we're going to run our best out there. It was a case of we're going to rest our players, figuring we're probably not going to beat Canada, but we really got to gear up for our biggest game to, to qualify, and that's the third place game. And that's what Panama's doing. I don't even think Yeneth Bailey played in that game uh, in the semifinals on Sunday. So Panama say putting all their eggs in the third place basket, and maybe not a bad um, uh, that's... strategy, but considering how Canada started, I wonder if about 20 minutes in they were kicking themselves for not playing the starters. <laughs> they, they may have been 20 minutes in, but uh, 60 minutes in they weren't. So, hmm. uh, and... You know, here's the thing. Uh, the it's bad enough in places like even the U.S. and and England and Canada where there there is support for the women's clubs, but it's not at the level that it needs to be. Let alone someplace like Cuba uh, or even Panama. I, you know, the the 
amount of support that the women get there is is laughable mm. uh, and it's, it's really sad and and um, you know hopefully that 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 will change as, as things go forward but regardless uh, the the match against Canada Canada is you know ranked number five in the world uh, they are no slouches obviously you know they have uh, excellent players it will be the toughest test in this tournament for the US I do expect the US to win however it also doesn't matter the US is in that's what's important um, and but I that being said I don't see this team like you said the the way they're playing right now they've got I don't know if it's a chip on their shoulder or if they're just feeling it right now or what but I, I expect them to go out same way uh, full out and you know try to score goal after goal after goal uh, obviously it'll be tougher against Canada but I, I don't see anything I don't see them changing anything you know as far as their their approach yeah Canada will will give them a little competition because Canada is a, a, a good counter-attacking side they won't be afraid to huff the ball up the uh, pitch to Christine Sinclair Nichelle Prince Janine Becky um, players like that um, Adriana Leon who is tied with Alex Morgan for the golden boot right now each of them has six goals Alex has played in three games and she has a brace in all three in fact the <laughs> the uh, the third game Alex could have had six seven goals she hit the woodwork <laughs> she hit the woodwork three times was robbed by good saves on a couple of other uh, chances and she hit the woodwork again uh, the other night in the semifinal so uh, Alex Morgan has uh, has really zeroed in six goals in this tournament. She's gone from 90 career international goals to 96 in the blink of an eye. Um, it's uh, it's looking good for her to reach 100 soon. It probably won't be against Canada, no, uh, but, but it would be really cool if it was because that would mean a four-goal night and probably a, a, a lopsided victory in the CONCACAF Championship Final. Well, and it would be a more than four-goal night because there's no way that Alex is scoring four goals and, and somebody else isn't also getting at least one in there. Um, I, I think I remember hearing that Alex is on a, a one goal per game uh, this this year. Yeah, 20, uh, she's more than that. She's 23 goals in her last 23 games. That dates back to last last uh, calendar year. Wow, that's utterly phenomenal. Yeah, it's uh, very impressive. It's uh you know, Mia Hamm, Abby Wambach level, really. I mean, you're talking the legends yeah. of the game. So uh, and, she's and quickly sh she's quickly climbing the charts. She's already third all time in multi goal games. She has 22, and only Hamm and, and Wambach have more. And she, and she didn't even, uh, you know, she had a brace the other night, but it, it you know, one of those came on a on a penalty, and so it, it, there was other chances that she had, like you said, and then, the, mm -hmm. you know, and that was just in that game in the previous game, you know, like you said, hitting the woodwork all over the place. So, I mean, it was, it's not like it's, it's a fluke thing. I mean, mm -hmm. she is, w w at least with the U S women's national team, she is absolutely on fire. She's been very dangerous. Rapino has been very dangerous. Haran, uh, Ertz, of course, on set pieces, especially Tobin yep. Heath's been great. I mean, everybody has really upped their game. It, it Kelly O'Hara's played fantastic. It's really a, a, a group that looks more determined than I've seen them in a long time. Like they are very hungry to get uh, to get to not only get to the World Cup, but to to reestablish themselves as the favorite in that World Cup. They want to defend it. 
And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they come out on Wednesday knowing they're in. Is there mm-hmm. a little bit of a foot off the pedal? Uh, probably not because Canada is really their their arch rival, their nemesis, uh, if you will, a little bit. And, uh, and even though they have a good record against Canada, the games are always very tight, very hotly contested. So uh, it'll be fun to watch. But I won't get to watch it because I'll be at the Orlando <laughs> City game. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> so I was, I was just about to say... How nice is it being able to watch the U.S. women's national team instead of Orlando City? And unfortunately, Michael will not get to do that I this can't Wednesday. Do it. I'm going to record it, so uh, I'll be able to watch it later. Oh, it'll 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 be the palate cleanser afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I get the bad taste of whatever the Sounders do to Orlando City out of my mouth. Um, anyway, Dave, uh, that's uh, that's a wrap on the U.S. teams. Let's go to. Our mailbag. You could do uh, two ways to, to email us or, or two ways to contact us to ask us anything. It doesn't have to be soccer related. It can be. It could be related to anything else. Uh, you can either email us, themainland at gmail.com is that email address, or you can hit us up on Twitter. Our Twitter account is at themainland. And uh, use, please use the hashtag AskTMLPC so we can easily find it in the myriad of likes and retweets and and responses that we get um, on Twitter, please ask TMLPC is your hashtag on Twitter. So let's get to the questions that uh, I can see. Reckless, he has uh, asked us before some questions. He's got another question. Is Chris Mueller good enough to be MLS Rookie of the Year or as a uh, pop-up for uh, maintenance pops up on my screen. <laughs> or is he just <laughs> is the he best? Is he just the best of an overall poor rookie class? Uh, I will say right now Chris Mueller is not good enough to be MLS Rookie of the Year. I think he'll get some, maybe some play, maybe some votes because of his early season play. But Corey Baird's going to win this award from uh, RSL. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, if Chris had been able to maintain even a modicum of what he was doing early in the season, then he would be in the discussion. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he, like the rest of the, the team, you know, I don't want to say slacked off because Mueller certainly has never slacked off mm-hmm. in any game that he's played for the Lions. Uh, that's one thing you can absolutely say about him. But his production just hasn't been good enough, and whether that's you know how he's been played whether you know the pieces around him that's up for you know debate argument um input but now he uh he, he's unfortunately not good enough as of now to be mls rookie of the year now if you would ask us you know after the first third of the season we we, we i think we even said oh if he can keep this up then yeah he's absolutely yeah he, he was the favorite i mean he's like the guy who comes out of nowhere and um He's your clubhouse leader. He makes the cut, and then Saturday and Sunday come, and he just falls down the leaderboard, and you don't even know where he finished. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like to get, and we, and that's we my, like That's it. my first golf analogy on this podcast, I believe. I, I At least with me it is, as far <laughs> as I can remember. You know, we've done this over 75 times now. But, uh, yeah, and, you know, the thing is, uh, we both like Chris Mueller. I mean, we like his work rate. Um, you know, we like the things. We like his potential. Mm-hmm. Um and and so you know, don't get us wrong. I would love for the kid to win it, but it's not going to happen. And here's the good thing about that: it won't matter to him. He's not the kind that's going to. It's it's not going to bother him. Right. Uh, he's he's a you know kind of the old school lunch pail, 
uh, go to work, get you know, get his job done, uh, you know, give everything that he's got, and uh, leave it all on the field, kind of guy. And and that's that's what I love about him. Got a lot of upside. He'll be fine, I think. Um, he'll develop a little more. Just needs to uh, needs to work on some finishing moves and some one v one moves, and probably an, another off season of uh, conditioning. And I think he'll be just fine. The 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 transition from college to MLS is very very tough, and yeah. um, you know it takes a special player uh, to to have a consistently good rookie year just from start to finish. It's it's very rare, and uh, you know. And he and like we said, he's never he's never stopped his motor. It's not right. like he's slacking off. He Hats just... off to Corey Baird though. I mean, Corey Baird's oh, played yeah. well all season. He played well here when uh, yeah. when, when Real Salt Lake came in. So, uh, thank you, Reckless, for the question. Spot has a uh, question. Can we go back in time to those uh, Quintero to Orlando rumors and make that happen? Do you have that power? We do not. We do not have that power. No. Uh, uh, can I we don't have back? the Infinity Gauntlet. I can't do yeah. it. Can we go back in time? No. If we could go back in time, I'd go back to April when I <laughs> when I didn't dread uh, turning on the TV for Orlando City or going to the stadium to see them play because I knew they had a really good chance to win games back then. Um, yeah. uh, Quintero did play uh, or did look really solid uh, in that game against the U.S. the other day. So uh, it would be nice to see uh, – to see Quintero uh, maybe come to Orlando and see if what he can do in say, purple. We don't have to go back in time. We can simply start a new rumor. Yeah, it, was just, it, was just, it can still happen. You you heard it here first. Uh, yeah, uh, Quintero to Orlando. It's, it's a thing. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> you never know. No, but they can clip out that part of the podcast that I just said and run with it. Fair enough. All right. Uh, thank you, Spot. And thank you to everyone who writes in the, the your Ask Us Anything questions. You could do it again. TheMainland at gmail.com is your email address to do it that way. Or hit us up on the Twitters at TheMainland with hashtag AskTMLPC. All right, Dave. We have two games this weekend. And uh, the Seattle Sounders come into town for a Wednesday night matchup, uh, that is a team that Orlando City has never beaten, although they drew last year uh, at CenturyLink uh, on a dramatic late goal from Scott Sutter. And uh, what is your key matchup, and what is your score prediction for the Sounders at Orlando City? <laughs> um Key matchup is the uh, whatever back line uh, is put out for Orlando City uh, against Seattle's attack. Um, will it be the twenty? What is it? Twenty fifth uh, back line? Unless it's very possibly. same one, uh, you know. That Unless it's say it could be. That's uh, so I said. It could be. So yeah, it's um, whatever we do on defense, uh, and it's really more of a, a how badly can they not, you know. It, how how badly are they going to get beat? So uh, I'm going to be pessimistic uh, more than I. No, actually, I'm going to be about the same as I was. What three nothing? Yeah, three nothing. I will say three nothing as well. Um, I've learned my lesson. I got crazy and predicted a, a goal, and it didn't happen. So I'm going to go back to my pessimistic ways and say three nil is a, a score I could agree with you on. And I think that um, the key matchup to me is. Not in the face. Please, Seattle, <laughs> not in the face. That's it. Uh, Seattle's missing a couple of players. Uh, they're missing uh, Rui Diaz and um, 
I think Ladero is also out on international duty. So they're missing a couple of key guys, but they've been playing so uh, so well the last couple of months. Uh, they started off terribly. Uh, you know, they chose not to fire their coach, and he turned them around and mm-hmm. got them headed in the right direction. And um, you know, now they're 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 looking like they're going to go make a decent playoff run, and uh, that will not be a problem for them on Wednesday to face an Orlando city team that is absolutely just reeling and punch drunk at this point. So, uh, then we'll turn our attention to the Columbus crew coming in on Sunday. Key matchup and score prediction, Dave. Uh, um, God, I hadn't even looked at Seattle yet. Okay. Let's see Columbus. Um, yeah, it's at this point, it, it, I don't expect any scoring, so there there is no reason to pick on the other side of the pitch uh, for me right now. Um, so, uh, but to keep it fresh, let's you know say that we've got a bunch of defensive midfielders on the on the pitch, which is you know no stretch uh, in that, and um, how they are able to minimize uh, or or maximize our. Uh, position in the midfield to kind of keep things away from Columbus. Um, you know, if they do that, then maybe they can limit the score. Uh, I'll be positive and go 2 nil on that one. All right. You and I are really in sync. I was also going to say 2 nil for Columbus. And um, the key matchup is going to be Orlando City's fullbacks against Justin Merrim, who will score a brace, and it'll be 2 nil. Of course he will. That's because, all I got for you. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course he will, because why not? It's just the way the season's gone. He's, yes, he's, he'll come it, it in will here, obviously happen. He'll score twice. I don't know if he'll stick his fingers in his ears. Uh, I'm sure he'll get beer thrown at him by some clown in the stands. And it will be awful, because everything else has been awful this season. Ha- hashtag don't throw beer at Justin Merrim. Or anyone. Or anyone. All right, that'll do it, Dave. <laughs> I think we're done here. Uh, oh, yes, thank goodness. Yes, we're, that'll do it for episode 146 of the Mainland Podcast. We'll come back next week. We'll have two games to recap, and we'll look ahead to the season finale against the Red Bulls on the road. And, um, you know, trip to New Jersey to, to end the season. That's, you know, it's just right there, a microcosm of how awful the season has been. They don't even yes. get to end it at home. They have to go to New Jersey and take their beating for the final time. <laughs> and nobody wants to go to Jersey and take a beating. I'm from New Jersey, and I don't want to go back to New Jersey and take a beating. <laughs> <laughs> nobody does. But but here's here's the good thing. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and that's the last loss of the season. Yes, and then they can't hurt us anymore. But, you know, as, for a while. As somebody on Facebook said... The pain that Orlando City inflicts on us lets us know we're alive. You know, soccer uh, and and being a supporter of a team is mostly, or at least in my experience over however many years, is mostly dread, disappointment, with small little uh, hill climbs up to the sunlight and then plunging back down into the muck. Yeah, it's um, I, I guess it's kind of like you are Theon Greyjoy 
and you're being tortured by Ramsey Snow, and when he stops torturing you, it feels really good by comparison. So when he's not flaying your skin from your bones, it feels all right by comparison to the actual flaying of the skin off your bones. Anyway, that's for you uh, Game of Thrones watchers out there. I don't think Dave does that because he's he seems like he's he's like lost right now. Dave, are you lost right now? No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm completely <laughs> caught up on Game of Thrones. Okay, you, uh, you disappeared on me there for a minute. I just, I was speechless. Uh, bringing in uh, Greyjoy. Uh, for any, and, and those who watch uh, know how that turned out for him. And I, I, I love Orlando City, but I, I don't want to go there. We are Reek. That is our new name. <laughs> <laughs> the Orlando City Reek. It, it just fits. It just fits. Right now, it does. Um, and, and even Greyjoy. I mean, just the 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 gray, gray joy. There's 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 no joy in. No, you got to uh, cut the joy Orlando. completely out. The joy. Yeah, there's, the joy has no place here. It's just gray. All right, we're getting silly now. So let's sign <laughs> off episode one. What did we say it was? One forty six. One forty six. All right, we're getting close to the one fifty mark. That's a kind of a big milestone. Yeah, but we won't hit it until the off season. That's fine. I'm so ready for the off season. <laughs> um, anyway, that'll do it. We'll be back next week, and we'll uh, take your questions and ask us anything. And um, you know, one thing I didn't do is look to see if we had any five star reviews, but I don't think anybody's listening to us anymore anyway. So if we have any five star oh. reviews, maybe I'll just come back and read those next week uh, as part of you know what we do here. Uh, but please, uh, by all means, go to themainland.com where you can read our stuff. We're uh, we're almost through with our Orlando City, or uh, I'm sorry, Orlando Pride um, season and review pieces on every player. Uh, so those are are in a nice collection for you. You can read those. We only got a few players left. Uh, of course, you can like us on Facebook. That's something you can do. Ooh. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. These are all ways that you can uh, support us. You know, please uh, go to iTunes, leave us a nice review, and we will read it on the air. Um, we haven't. I'm just had all that time. I was able to stall and look it up, and we haven't had anything since September 22nd. So. Uh, you can leave us five-star review on iTunes. We'll read it on the air. Please subscribe. Tell your friends about us. And uh, we'll be back to do it all again next week. So, Dave, you got any final thoughts here? I am Reek. You are. All right. And I am Groot. Nice. And I am Steve Rogers. I'm probably not Groot. And I'm certainly not Steve Rogers. Right. Uh, there's going to be a new Steve Rogers. Or at least there's not going to be a Steve Rogers here pretty soon, according to uh, according to the actor. That, uh, okay, I, that's a whole other podcast we'll have to start. I know. All right, uh, that's it. We're out of here. I, uh, we will see you next week. Uh, follow Dave on Twitter, at Mainland Dave. Follow me on Twitter, at Mainland Michael. And, of course, follow, uh, follow the site, at The Mainland. And that's it for this week. On behalf of David Rowe, I'm Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, signing off the way I always do by saying, Go City and Go Pride.